You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. Let's get to the show. Hello, 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 everybody. Thank you so much for joining me back here on From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I thank you so much for honoring me with your time. I know that every little podcast and every little app out there wants your eyeballs and your ears, and I appreciate you honoring me with your time today as we go through what is going to be what I believe is a great episode for all of us because of the amount of self-doubt that we might find ourselves in. And and I I use the word might loosely because I really believe that self-doubt is something that prevails throughout all of us at some point in time, uh, in an hour, a day, a week. It's in our lives. It exists. Um, Let's go back over why I didn't have a chance to post last week, even though I really wanted to. Um, So for those of you who have been listening and paying attention to my social media, you know that I'm a lifestyle architect, and that is me helping people overcome their limitations in their lives so that they can have the life and the lifestyle that they dream of, that they've always deserved. They just need better tools and more resources to obtain that. I use various techniques, including neuro-linguistic programming, to achieve these results. Basically, I I put a lot of effort into discovery and identity of these limitations, and then we put you through procedures to overcome them. It's absolutely fascinating. It's truly what I was meant to do with my life, and, and I can't wait to see where this journey takes me. And one of the places it took me this last 11 days was to Alabama and Florida, where I had the opportunity to give my keynote presentation that I've been developing over the last few months on your identity and how that's developed through positive habit creation. And so I went to Huntsville, Alabama and spoke with one of my peers, Tom Rigsby, and you heard me talk about his priority four focuses before. And I still don't think I've given you that episode yet, and I will. Uh, I might just have him come on and do it. He did it for my other show. He was my very first guest on College Success Habits, which is a show I geared all towards the niche of the college and high school students or anyone in secondary education. And Honestly, like, even though I'm even though I'm putting college in there so that I get I can get at those kids and, and and start discussing positive habit creation with them now, so that they can truly become the person that they want to be. And, and and fingers crossed here, they don't have to go through the trials and tribulations those of us in sobriety and recovery are going through now. Uh, what I have listened to in my early twenties, probably not, but someone out there will, and I'll be blessed that they have had the opportunity to learn uh, ways that they could do things differently now rather than later. <laughs> so, um, as I'm building up this entire keynote, oh, back to Tom. So Tom was there in Huntsville, and he was putting on uh, an event called um, uh, Engineer to Entrepreneur because he is there. In Huntsville, there's a very strong rocket world going on because NASA is there. So a lot of engineers and a lot of people with great ideas, but not necessarily the entrepreneurial mind spirit to get those things going. So I went out there and spoke to them and emceed his event, and he really took me around town and just gave me the most amazing tour I have ever had of a city. And hands down, I walked away thinking, I could live in Huntsville. I could I could live there and travel and do the things I want to do. And there's amazing cities all within a couple hour drive, whether I wanted to go to to Memphis or Nashville or Atlanta. There's just so much, so much. So I went out there and did that with him. And then after that, after five or six days with him, I went to Florida where I spoke and had the opportunity to give the same keynote 
And, but it was this way, it was different because it was actually with one of my life coaching peers, someone I hired on to help me get myself focused and and more naturalized into what I'm embodying and becoming. So she had me put my keynote on there. And then I stuck around for the next few days of her transcendence workshop conference and really learned some amazing stuff from people there. And I'm going to have both of the women on that spoke. Uh, There's a woman named Susan, another one named Christy, and, and they both really gave me a lot of great, great knowledge. And I'm so happy I was able to attend. And I say all of this because as I am becoming this lifestyle architect, as I'm becoming this consultant, this coach for people who are looking for massive transformation in their lives and just not sure they have all the resources for it, in order to be able to visualize that and in order for my mind to be congruent with what my actions are, I have to leave Los Angeles to go do these things, right? Even though I knew there wouldn't be a whole lot of financial gain, and in fact, there was none um, from going out. You know, I didn't sell any more coaching memberships. I didn't get anybody to join the mastermind. The, the, these weren't my people, um, using air quotes. They were you know, not necessarily the, the avatar that I have in my head of the people who would greatly benefit from me. Um, it was amazing experience. And although financially I didn't have any growth, um, mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally, a tremendous amount of growth because I was able to step into my meant to be and really embody this person that I am becoming that I already am. And we'll talk about how change can happen in an instant, but the actual progression through that change takes time. That's going to be one of my key points later on. Um, but in order to fully embody this new version of Jesse, who gets on airplanes and flies to destinations and is paid to speak and, and, and does an amazing job and, and really has an opportunity to benefit humankind, I have to actually start doing that. So when I was offered these two opportunities to come to the East Coast, which is nowhere near Los Angeles, four hours to get to Alabama, another two to get to Florida, and then six to get from Florida back to L.A., Uh, The only way that flight could have taken any longer is if I'd have been in Miami. Mm. So doing that allows my mind to see I am the person who gets on an airplane. I am the person who travels and goes and does these things. And it gave me a lot of self-confidence in the moment. And now we're going to get to the thesis of this entire episode is coming back, self-doubt actually took over. And so I want to discuss with you guys today about self-doubt. And about what that means to you and looks like to you. And I want you to start to look where in your life self-doubt creeps in, where nothing but positivity or confidence should prevail. And it's not hard for the mind to start getting cluttered with thoughts that take it down a path of self-doubt and negativity and, and pessimism. Right. I mean, it's almost like we're pre-programmed with a pessimistic mind um, with this feeling of guilt or shame whenever we do something great and then we walk away and we feel good and confident. It's almost like we're told not to have the ego in charge. So if you feel good about something you've done and you're starting to make positive steps towards something and. Obviously, if you've listened to this show before, you've heard me talk about my it's, uh, like my uh, iron triangle within my sobriety and recovery, which is humility, gratitude, and integrity. And it's possible to be humble and still very proud and confident of what you've done. Just like it's possible to be humble but still have some vanity in the way that you look 
in your appearance and your physical nature whenever you're taking care of yourself, right? Like I, I often say a healthy dose of vanity is what gets you to dress nicely when you go to meetings or speak eloquently when you're at them because you want to put your best foot forward and, and you want people to know that you take pride in your work and in your appearance, right? That being said, no matter how rich or wealthy, famous, good looking, no matter no matter what of those things, like no matter how Hollywood air quotes around Hollywood you are, you do not have the right to treat people like crap. Right? You've got you've got to start you've got to understand that you can be prideful of what you do and you can have um you can have some vanity in your appearance and your physical prowess, but you cannot treat other people negatively because of that. That's just a little sidebar. Hope you enjoyed that one. You can have some of those seven deadly sins, but you cannot be a dick to other people for it. You know, I think vanity is uh, certainly one of them. Um, um, like vanity, don't don't be envious and don't be gluttonous. Although, you know, that for some of us, gluttony was part of our thing that we are overcoming, right? Right? Gluttony was one of those vices that we're fighting off. That's something that whether we like it or not, it's there. And so anyways, anyways, I'm getting off track. I'm getting off track. I love to do that. My mind is is just, it's like the wheel of fortune wheel. It just, ball, <laughs> squirrel. Um, back to self-doubt. So I came back into Los Angeles. I'll, you know, I know I was saying we all have a lot of self-doubt, and you know, maybe that's projecting. But f- from my point of view, I, I know enough about humanity to know that self-doubt's there. And whether it was instilled to you by your uh, by your peers, parents, or religion, it's something that we we don't we don't grow up with a self-doubt. In fact, as when we're kids, we think we can do everything. You know, somersaults in the backyard, do backflips off a trampoline. I mean, hell, that's. If, you know, that's why kids think they can jump off a roof and fly. Uh, why adults do it on YouTube, I'm still confused about, but I've seen them do it. Um, I don't know why somebody decided they could pogo ball down a stair rail. I, I, I could have told you how that was going to turn out. Um, but self-doubt for me, when I got back, it's like all of a sudden I'm back in Los Angeles. I'm back into my normal life. You know, I've got to come back. I've got a day job um, that I still attend to that helps me make sure that I cover all my bills. You know, I've got multiple side hustles and I come back and this self-doubt creeps in. And so I really wanted to dive into that because I had just had an amazing 11 days and on the drive home, it was like I was just overwhelmed by this self-doubt. And so these are some of the, these are my three keys for what... I'm using, and I'm still in the process of this, of getting through this. And so um, the re- three ways I find it um, happening to me, and so it's like the mind and the thoughts and the feelings that it conjures up, right? And so you've got to think about what are the thoughts and what what is the mind doing to itself that drives a feeling that, that makes you f- want to feel like you have self-doubt. Um, realizing that change can happen in an instant. This is key number two. Change can happen in an instant, but that actual change you've decided upon takes time to occur. I can't wait to talk more about that one because I think a lot of us who get into sobriety um, have this mindset like, okay, I'm sober now. Where's this awesome life that everyone's told me is awaiting me? And then my third key is um, I already have the resources. You have the resources to overcome or succeed in any endeavor. Um, you just have to put all of that into action, which really f- goes well with key one and two. Okay, and so let's go over key number one. So here's what I wrote in my notes. My memories are just thoughts, and thoughts drive feelings. And feelings and thoughts are fleeting and abundant, 
So clear the mind through intention-driven thinking. All right, my side keys on this were let certain things go and live in the moment, and things come when we, when we are ready. And so that was something my friend and I were talking on right before I got on the microphone about sometimes you know it's like you want this amazing thing to have happen, um, but sometimes it doesn't come to it when you're until you're ready. And this really, I'm gonna, I'm going to leave that one alone for a minute because now that I read it out loud, I think it's better for the key number two. So let's get back to key number one. Memories are just thoughts. Thoughts drive feelings, and feelings and thoughts are fleeting and abundant. So clear the mind through intention-driven thinking. Um, I'm listening to Oprah Winfrey and Eckhart Tolle on this. Um, Oprah's got a podcast called Soul. Uh, soul something. If you go on to the pod, let me see if I pull it up. A new earth, and she calls it Oprah's soul, Super Soul Conversations. Well, this year she started this thing called A New Earth, and it's a ten-part series where her and Eckhart Tolle go over his book A New Earth. And in that book, um, and I've not read it, but I'm definitely listening to the podcast. He, in chapter two, which is episode two on her show, he talks about how studies have been shown that say eighty to ninety percent of our thoughts are repetitive redundant, worthless crap. It's like you know, when I was talking to my friend before we got on the mic, that it's like it's like you're constantly going through a junk drawer and you're picking every little thing up out of that junk drawer, but you don't need to be in the junk drawer. What you're, you don't even need to be in a drawer. You need to be out in your life living in the present moment. But instead, we're in our heads and we're having thoughts that we're driving again through these filters that we already that we build, built up over our entire lives. And these filters like to delete, distort, and generalize. It's a foundation of NLP um, where it talks about how you filter things. You either delete it because it's just it's useless and you're, you don't need it. You either distort it or you generalize it. This is why 10 people can watch a car accident and all 10 people have a different story they tell from it. It's not because anyone's lying intentionally. Their brain just perceived the entire event differently. Go to an amusement park with your family. Everyone's going to experience it differently. Two twins who are raised side by side, always wore the same clothes, always offered the same food, never left each other's side, still have a completely different viewpoint of the world. It's just the way that it is, right? It's it's just the mind, and the mind is so expansive we can't... At some point, I believe in if, if humans don't destroy themselves, we'll have the opportunity to fully understand the mind. Uh, it just might be one of those too little, too late things. I mean, we're all going to have to turn into sea people in the next hundred years when the oceans take over most of the land. <laughs> but that's that's for a different show. Um, <laughs> everything's interesting with Jesse Mogul. Uh, we're all going to drown. That's going to be the next podcast episode. So back to memories or just thoughts. When I allowed self-doubt to get into me on my Uber ride back into the into Los Angeles, I was letting all these thoughts like, man, that was great, but I didn't make any money. Uh, I'm back to my normal life. Oh my God, look at all of the stuff I have to try to accomplish now. I made plans with, with Christy and Susan there. and She's inviting me to events in Las Vegas. And, you know, I've got relationships I have to attend to that I've been ignoring. And I've got, a to, you know, I haven't checked my email in, in 11 days and I, all this stuff, right? All of, Now all of a sudden, like all this overwhelming crap gets thrown at me. And my mind's like, how can you going to pull it off all off and still build your business and still do podcasts and still just do the things that you love? Do this this show, and, and and speaking are the things I love. I can't wait to be able to hire other people to do some of the other re, uh, repetitive tasks that I'm involved in. Because my goodness, if I could just speak every single day for eight hours a day, I have no problem doing that. 
Somebody once told me I should be a professor. I don't think I want to be stuck in the same room every day, though. I want to be able to see different venues. I want to see this, see the world, see the country, and travel. So going back to that, ask yourself, where are, where are you conjuring up memories? Or, right? Because every single second, everything we've ever done is all a memory. It's all in the past. Even what I said two minutes ago is now just a memory. It is no longer currently happening. So anytime you're in your head thinking, well, I don't, what if I can't accomplish this? Your mind's finding memories that can back that statement up. I, 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 I will not become the worldwide internationally renowned speaker that I want to become. My brain's going to start thinking of other times where I made promises to myself on things I would achieve and then did not accomplish them. That's the way the mind likes to work. Uh, there's a word for it. And of course, it's slipping me now um, where if you like whenever you buy a car, all of a sudden you start to see that car everywhere. Your brain starts looking for instances where it can back up whatever statement. If you say I'm ugly, when you look at yourself in the mirror, then your mind's going to start looking for ways that you are ugly. If you say I am beautiful, then your mind is going to be looking for ways that you are beautiful. It's just the way that it is. Right? The mind's looking for patterns in chaos. That's what I've always said. The universe might seem chaotic, but I can guarantee you every star, it's all a dance, a, a, a symphony of dancing. And there, it is way less chaotic than we think that it is. And so, likewise, the mind is looking for ways to make less chaos out of your life. And so it's going to be looking for statements or instances in your life to back up the statements that you say. And so if you start allowing self-doubt to come in, then your mind will start looking at ways for you to be right and for that self-doubt to be accurate. So that's where I have to just let these certain things go and live in the moment. What can I do right now to move my entire path forward? What can I do to take one more step on this trail. I think of it a lot like the um, the Appalachian Trail, where I think it goes from Georgia to Maine, and I knew somebody who did that once, and they're like, some days, man, it's just one step forward, one step forward. In fact, when I was in Mexico City last 4th of July, and I went and climbed the mountain in the Desiertos de los Leones mountain range, it's this big national park, um, I got very lost coming down, and um, had I allowed myself to be in the moment, like if I had allowed myself to conjure up what could happen in the future, I probably would have freaked out because I was running out of water. My all, both my cell phone batteries were almost dead. Um, it was raining cats and dogs. It was freezing. My thumbs and my hands started going numb. My toes were going numb. I was walking in puddles of water. Uh, I did not prepare accurately and it was getting dark very, very, very quickly. And, uh, you know, I, what was I supposed to do? Just sit down? Like no one knew I was up there. There was not going to be any help. No one in my hotel would have been expecting me. No one, no one in the city would have been, would have known where I was. Literally, even where I was dropped off by the Uber at the base of the mountain, it wasn't like I checked in. I literally walked by some people and was like, hey, what's up? And then I went up and I wasn't even coming down the same way. No one would have known. It wouldn't have been like, oh, well, I'm sure in three days someone would have figured out I was up there and I could have just lived off of puddles of water and berries. No one knew I was there. So I had to keep moving. I had to keep taking a step forward and I was in the moment. No matter how cold I was, I was just, nope, in the moment, just, I was still looking around, enjoying the beauty. I did keep my head down a lot because I was trying to stop walking on so many rocks because the shoes I chose to wear were very bendy and my feet were very sore. (laughs) But Saying all that, right, I could have started looking for 
thoughts and feelings that would have driven the, oh my goodness, what have I done? This is very dangerous. Instead, I started thinking about times in my life where I overcame great challenges just by keep moving forward. And so when self-doubt comes crouching in, don't let your memories and your thoughts drive feelings because feelings and memories and thoughts, all of that is abundant. So push them away or bring in some abundant positive ones because finding the negative ones is extremely easy and don't get yourself stuck in that loop. Hopefully that's going to resonate with you guys because it certainly saved my ass on that mountain that day. And, And even now I'm just like, okay, just... Relax, Jay. What can you do to to move forward right now? You can shoot this podcast because the listeners are, are expecting it, and I can't wait to do it. Number two, change can happen in an instant, but the actual change takes time. All right? The moment you truly decide to change, and the change has occurred, right? The moment you said, I'm no longer going to drink. Well, I'm no longer going to use drugs. Then you officially, that was it. You were done. But, and here's the caveat, one, you have to truly, truly believe that you just changed. It can't be like, oh, I said, I was a hard partying night. I'm never drinking again. Then four days you're hitting the bottle, you know, depending on where I'm finding you guys in your sobriety and recovery mission. And I I really am active within the Instagram community because there's a vibrant community there. And, you know, people are, you know, either at day one or some people are at at year 25. Once you've made that decision to change, then the change has occurred. Like your brain starts to see it. When people ask me, Jesse, why have you been so successful within your sobriety and recovery mission, you know, you haven't felt the need to relapse. You haven't stepped backwards. You're just constantly moving forwards. I say, well, one, I tried to quit many times up until this one. So, but I was never invested in my recovery. I tried sobriety, but I wasn't invested in recovery, right? My therapist likes to say, you're not really you're not recovering until you're invested in it, until you're diving in deep and figuring out why you started your you're using to begin with to cover up whatever the problem was, and then the using became the problem. For me, my mom getting the disease when I was eight years old, my dad being a workaholic, no a lack of emotional maturity, moving from school to school to school every year, right? All of this stuff gets all up in there. And you know, next thing you know, you know, the moment alcohol touches my lips when I'm 18, I'm straight into alcoholic mode, right? There, I mean, I was straight into it. I, I, I did not believe that you should start drinking if you weren't going to binge drink. I did not believe that you should put a straw up against your nose if you weren't ready to do it. Uh, do all that you could find, even if it meant you found yourself in an ATM at 4 in the morning. But when I made this decision to change, then I was changed. Right? I knew this was the time that I was going to go with it. I was not going to allow myself to go back to the old version of me. I took on the identity of this new person who does not need alcohol and drugs to have fun, who does not need alcohol and drugs to get over his emotional problems, who doesn't want to live in the fog anymore. That being said, is that the actual progression from sobriety into recovery takes time. If you're on day seven or 25 or or year three and you're like, why is this amazing life that was promised to me not here yet? It's because you're working towards it. And then ask yourself, are you really working towards it? You can't just, you know, I I use this analogy a lot, but it's like if, if back when you were using, you come home from work, you sit on the couch in your underwear, you eat donuts and you use while watching the Simpsons. And now you come home from work and you get on the couch and sitting in your underwear and just eat donuts, but you're not using, but you're still watching the Simpsons. Then you really haven't changed your life. 
you've taken that one thing out, but what else is different? This is why they say whenever you get when you first step into sobriety, move the furniture around in your house. Whenever you first break up with someone, move the furniture around, make some massive change, right? Either breaking up with someone that you've been with for a long time is very similar. And the way that the brain synapses fire back and forth, it's very similar to using and then taking that away. Just like the way sugar reacts to the brain is 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 in the same area as cocaine reactions, right? It's like, it's all very similar. So when you have this drastic change, you're ready to make this change. You've got to start making massive change in your life. You didn't just become an addict overnight. You're not going to immediately have the life that you've always craved overnight. But because you've actively pursuing this, this excellent, not perfection, right? We're not pursuing perfection. We're pursuing excellence. Perfection doesn't exist. All right. So there will, if, if a thousand people saw Michelangelo's David, someone's going to say, penis too small. Someone's going to say, why do I see a penis at all? Right. There's always going to be someone who doesn't find it perfect. And therefore, if, perce- if perfection is perception, then, then perfection doesn't exist. But excellence can. Moments of excellence exist. Sports athletes do it all the time. They might throw a bunch of touchdowns and win a game. No one wants to talk about how they, they went seven for 22 for three interceptions in the first half, and that's the reason why they had to throw four touchdowns in the fourth quarter to win. Okay? There's a game that, that happened in a long time ago, Bills-Oilers playoffs. Point being is don't allow the instant gratification monkey to get all up in your business and because you don't get this amazing change that you that you've been desiring and you get into sobriety and it doesn't happen immediately that you get you get down on yourself just think like this like shooting this podcast today right i chose to do it today cuz i needed to feel to feel fulfilled i needed to feel productive i needed to feel like i was moving forward on my career having just left this amazing journey that i've been on for the last 11 days all right, in a way that in, there's a really great TED Talk that talks about instant gratification monkey and the panic monster. Google it, TED Talk, instant gratification monkey, panic monster. This dude's amazing. It's all about procrastination. In order to keep the, the, the panic monster at bay, which is when you get that sense of urgency, like, oh my God, the, the assignment's due tomorrow. Oh my God, I've hit snooze six times and now I'm going to be late to work. And then you jump up and all you get this lightning rod up your butt and you're ready to go and you're yeah, moving so fast. In order to keep that panic monster at bay, just start doing little things each day that make your sobriety and recovery stronger, that solidify why you know this is the best path for you. I mean, for me, it's, I already know. One is one is too many and a thousand never enough. I, I once told one of my friends, and this was, this was like six months into sobriety, I was like, man, if a genie came down and said, what's your wish? I'm not so sure it wouldn't be turn the entire ocean to scotch. And I just jump into it and just drink it and drink it and drink it and drink it until I floated to the bottom. All right? It's, you've got to make these little changes and you've got to get out of your head and you've got to stop thinking that instant gratification, I've, uh, I've, I've made this, I've, I've gotten into sobriety. Now all my past traumas, all my past griefs, it must be over with. You know? But that being said, if you're not actually doing anything different, 
right? If you haven't gotten into the gym or started eating healthier, if you're literally just going to work and coming home and watching television and sitting around, that's not enough change, man. You've got to make some kind of awesome change. And this will keep self-doubt out because anytime you say, well, I don't feel like I'm moving in from sobriety into recovery or I'm not doing enough of my recovery, you know, if you're in AA, then you know that you can work one of the steps or you can call your sponsor. You can have your sponsee call you. You can go to a meeting. You know you've done something Boom, self-doubt monster. Goodbye. All right, key number three. Key number three. I already have the resources I have to overcome or succeed in any endeavor. I just need to put it into action. This is tremendous. Like I, I am a huge proponent for learning and growing and reading and adding new things into my repertoire. I really care about that stuff. I don't necessarily want to be the smartest person in the room because if I ever am, then I'm in the wrong room. But I definitely don't want to say some stuff that makes me look like a bozo. All right. That being said, I have all the resources to live a happy, productive, healthy, meaningful, legacy-driven, excellence-in-purpose-minded life. That's all there inside me. I can take more information in, in this Eckhart Tolle, Oprah Winfrey uh, podcast I'm listening to right now that talks about um, just being more mindful and, 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 and quieting the chatter in your mind. You know, I can take this stuff in and he can even say that, you know, to really become um, transformed and have a higher mind that doesn't necessarily need to live in this crazy, you know, brain of ours in order to live outside of yourself and to quiet the mind, you have to be willing to take that on and you have to be ready for that journey. And some people think they are, but then they spend three years meditating and they wonder why they haven't achieved that clarity yet. Well, they think they're ready, but there's still some things they have to work through. That's what this is for us. That's what sobriety and recovery is for us, is that, you know, this clarity in this um, this life that we want and the emotional trauma and the hurt and the shame and the guilt that we're, over, that we're push, pushing ourselves through to live our best lives, it's coming. You know, it's coming, but it's not going to happen overnight. But you have the resources. You could stop learning right now and you have everything you need. Would learning more expedite it? Sure, perhaps. Would having more give you a, a, a deeper understanding of what, you're t- or what you're living forward to and what you're moving toward? Yes, absolutely. That being said, if I took you right now and put you on an island and you had no more access to information whatsoever, you would be able to figure out how to live a happy, deep, meaningful, purpose-driven life. Even if you had no survival skills and you're stuck on this island a la lost, you would be able to figure it out, right? You'd, you'd realize pretty quickly you need to get shelter, a water source, and a food source. And once you had that, you'd start to figure it out, right? The old ar- archaic Neanderthal brain would kick in. You'd figure out a way to survive. That's what we were doing when we were addicted. We were constantly in survival mode. You don't have to be in that mode anymore now because you've chosen sobriety. You're moving into recovery or you're already deep into it. You're not counting days anymore. Stop white knuckling it. You're not in survival mode anymore. Now, some of you might find yourselves in some pretty precarious legal, financial, relationship, whatever kind of situations when you do get sober. And you might say, man, dude, I am still very much in survival mode. Per se, Per se, but I'll pull you out of that limiting mindset and ask you, have you seen how much easier and how much more amazing your life is because you're sober? You think you're in survival mode. Waking up all hungover and trying to go to work and pay your bills or be present around your children or loved ones, that's survival mode. Doing it sober, that's living. 
right? Yes. It w- I would love for all of us to have a Scrooge McDuck pool full of gold bouillon. Reality is that's not our reality. <laughs> that's not many people's reality. That's 1% of 1%, right? For those of us else down here, we're just, you know, we're, we're moving forward. We're trudging along. And so I would say to just know that you're succeeding just by the just by the fact that you are wanting to succeed just by the fact that you are putting yourself in this position that no matter what is occurring in your life you're working through it and you may not be perfect at it and some days may be way better than others right but you're still in it you're still trying and so self-doubt or not just Look at it from a, the point of view of like, well, you know, if you were a kid and you were walking, if every time you fell down, your parents shamed you or you started to have self-doubt, we would we would all still be crawling. But we lived in a world where we knew we could accomplish that. We were looking around. We saw everybody else doing it. It's about time we start doing it. So when you start to have self-doubt, go and look at other people who are living the life that you want to emulate. Ask them how they're doing it. Talk to them about what they've done to overcome that. And then start to incorporate that into your life in whatever way that is most comfortable for you, that's symbiotic to who you are and is congruent with what you want to become. And based off what I said earlier, you're not trying to become anything. You already are it. You just need to learn to step into it and to personify it in a way where you know inside your head this is truly who you are now. Right, we all have this like this uh, convincer strategy in our head. Like I'll th- like I'll think I'm strong whenever I can rep out 225. I'll think I'm strong at the gym whenever I can squat 225. I'll think that uh, I'm good looking when I can walk up to a woman and she immediately smiles and wants to get into a conversation with me. But those are real. Those are ridiculous, you know, expectations or benchmarks to put anything on because some days you'll be weaker than others. That woman might like somebody completely different than the way I look. Not everyone thinks George Clooney is attractive. Right? You might think, oh my God, you know, how dare you? Blasphemous, I can assure you. Not everyone thinks that, that the Western's world of supermodels are attractive. Not everyone thinks that our hottest, you know, our sexiest men alive, sexiest women alive are actually that. Right? Everybody has their own different thing that they're into. Just like I said earlier about perfection. A hundred people would look at Michelangelo's David and they may all have a different opinion of it. And I doubt anybody would say it's perfect. I mean, unless, well, they'd say it, but would they truly mean it? Or would they just be like, oh, it's perfect. Really? I mean, that one toe looks a little bit smaller than it should. (laughs) All right. I got way into this conversation with y'all, and I really hope that you jump on some social media. You pump out some ideas. Tell me what you're thinking about as far as this goes. Um, because I'm really love to hear more about self-doubt. I'm going to post some things on this on Instagram. So hop over there if uh, you are so inclined and jump in on this conversation. But self-doubt. So the three keys is keeping in mind that your mind is a jumbled junk drawer of crap. All right. Your thoughts and your feelings is a junk drawer. All right? I'm not discrediting anyone's feelings, but just your thoughts are driving those. So if you're having ridiculous thoughts, then get out of the junk drawer. Think with intention, intention-driven thinking, all right? If you have self-doubt, then it's like find areas in your life where you've over, where you've done great things. Like, oh, man, I remember that one time I did blank and I felt so great about it. Boom, 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 do that. Remember that change can happen in an instant, but the actual progress the, of through and to and toward that change takes time. The occurring of the change will take time. 
But once you make that decision, it's done. Right? And if there's thoughts in your head, well, oh, maybe I'll use, you know, it's like, then you want those thoughts there. You know, no one's going to duct tape you to a table and force feed you alcohol. And if you are around people who will do that, please, to goodness gracious, don't be around those people anymore. Oh, my God. I can't work in this environment. <laughs> and remember, you already have the resources. So you continue to learn, continue to go to meetings, continue to do what you're doing. But you have the resources there within you. And just think to yourself, what can I do today to move forward? In, in, in whatever vocation I'm thinking, whatever career, or whatever in your relationship or within yourself, within your spirituality, whatever it might be, what can you, what's five minutes? Do that thing right now. I've always wanted to read that book. Then open it up and say, I'm going to read one page a day. Eventually you'll start reading more because you'll just get into it and you'll want to. So those are my keys, guys. Don't let your mind go all off willy-nilly. Remember that change takes time to actually occur and that you already have all the resources you need to put them into action. Just think about what you can do today and keep away from the instant gratification monkey and the panic monster. I know it's easier said than done. Go watch that TED Talk. It will make you laugh. It'll be thought-provoking. And other than that, I think that's all for today. Thank you guys so much for joining me on another episode of From Sobriety to Recovery. This is Jesse Mogul. Please, the power of positive energy, release it. You will flow in life Keep going towards that recovery that we all want. So blessed that you're all in sobriety and recovery and you're making this journey. And if you're not yet, then please know that it is an amazing, an amazing experience over here. Step into it. It's already in you. If you've ever thought, well, I wonder if I should quit using or doing drugs or alcohol, the answer is yes. Can't wait to have you over here. Much love, everyone. Please take care of one another. And as always, I don't really know what I was going to say right there. And as always... (laughs) And as always, much love. All right, talk to you all soon. Bye-bye. 